Welcome to Till at Tea Time. Today I have joining me is J.M. Hackman. She is an author of young adult fantasy books. I had such a great time interviewing her. So grab yourself a cup of tea, sit back, and enjoy the podcast. everyone. Today, I have the author of Spark talking with me today. Thank you, J.M. Hackman, for being on Till at Tea Time. Uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a stay-at-home mom, two girls. Um, I've been writing a long, long time. This is something that I probably started doing after I graduated college. And uh, I've been, like I said, I've been doing it a long time. And uh, right now, I'm living in the central mountains of Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. I love Pennsylvania. It's beautiful there. Um, I'm actually down in Virginia, so it's not too far from where you are. But let's just talk a little bit about um, the books that you write and uh, what kind of genre do you tend to write for? Right now, it's mostly young adult fantasy, although I have a couple ideas in my head that might be more like futuristic or sci-fi, but it's still young adult is mostly where I'm where I'm concentrating my attention. And um, I know you have a book out called Spark. Could you just tell me a little bit about that book that you've written? Sure. It's, again, a young adult fantasy, a portal fantasy. It's about a young girl named Brenna James. She's a 16-year-old girl. Uh, she has a few problems. Um, she's begun shooting fire from her hands, her bare hands, and her mother has gone missing in an alternate reality on a business trip. So she travels through a portal to find her, and on the other side, she finds Linnea, which is a world of beauty and wonder. But her arrival begins this fulfillment of an ancient prophecy um, of, this, of this, this land. So now she has to find her mother, find Linnea's recently stolen sacred relic, and it's called the Sacred Veil. And during her quest, she discovers an enemy army marching toward her new home. So she's running out of time. And without a miracle, she'll lose everything that matters the most to her. That sounds very intriguing. What are you currently working on? Well, I'm currently working on book three of the series. Book two is done. And with the exception of a few edits that my publishers, or maybe a lot of edits, depending on what she likes and doesn't like about it. Uh, but right now I'm working on book three. I'm kind of in on the first draft with it. And that will probably, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be done at the end of May. So I can kind of relax a little bit and maybe just do some editing during the summer months. So you don't have like a release date yet or do you have one? Well, book two will be released in October this year. Okay. But book three, I don't, I don't know about book three. <laughs> so as far as um, your book Spark, uh, how did you come up with the uh, cover for that? It's very, it's beautiful. I love it. Oh, thank you. I, I love it too. I personally didn't have anything to do with it. Um, my publisher has this woman named Sarah uh, Heller, I think her name is, and she's phenomenal and does all the covers for L2L2 Publishing. And uh, she had, they had said, well, what do you think Brenna looks like? And they had, you know, kind of asked me some ideas, did a really big uh, form of what I liked and what I didn't like. And then she gave it to Sarah and Sarah came up with this concept. And with the exception of just a few tweaks, I loved everything about it. She was, she's very, very talented and did a great job with it. So I would have to give pretty much Sarah all the credit for that cover. So what made you uh, want to write young adult fiction? Honestly, it was Harry Potter. <laughs> 
Harry Potter. I was I was having my children. I took a break from writing to have children because hormones and writing don't work for me. And uh, when I when I was reading Harry Potter, I was just blown away by how talented she was. And I thought, you know, I I could do this. I write, so I think I can do something like this. And I started thinking about what you know what I wanted to say and what I wanted to what my theme was. And I started thinking, what if you had a power that nobody else had, what would that look like? And that's kind of, you know, after I read Harry Potter, then I drifted into some of the other young adult books that are out there and, you know, the rest is history. So what is your favorite thing about writing young adult fiction? Favorite thing. My favorite thing I think would have to be the possibilities that are available. It's such a time of learning who you are and where you're going. So to me, it opens up a lot of possibilities where you can take that story. So what is what would you say is the hardest thing about writing for like young adults? Well, I would say making it real, making sure it sounds like who they are. I'm fortunate and I have two teens in my house. So I am always asking them, is this sound right? Would they say this? You know, does anybody say this in your in your class? And you want to make it accessible so they they're not sitting there rolling their eyes going, yeah, nobody would do this. You know, they, they, they identify and say, yeah, I've either I've been there or my friend has been there, you know, making it, making it, making it real. What kind of research do you do and how long do you spend researching before you, before beginning a book? Because it's young adult fantasy, any, really any fantasy or science fiction or any kind of speculative writing, there's not, I would say there's not always a lot of research at the beginning because you're making stuff up. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what's happening. So, but it's kind of as I'm writing that I end up doing research. For example, with Spark, there's a griffin in the story and he's mostly, he's a mutant griffin in that he's all Black Panther with eagle wings. So I started doing research on, okay, what are, what's the lifespan of eagles? How do they mate? You know, what kind of, what's their behavior? And I started doing that with panthers as well, doing a lot of research on, you know, do they, are they good swimmers? Do, you know, you know, do they mate for life? Th- this kind of stuff. And as I was writing, you know, I was also doing uh, research on how long it takes to travel on foot since they don't have cars in Manaya. You know, how long would that take? So there's a lot of stuff like that, that I'm doing it as I'm writing, you know, doing the research that way. And as far as before I actually start, Again, since I'm making it up, you know, not a whole lot, but there's a lot of other things that are going at, uh, regarding world building, you know, trying to make this world fully, you know, fully realized before you actually start writing. So as far as like the names of your characters, um, how do you come up with that? Oh, well, I love, I love the internet because I'll do a lot of Latin and a lot of Hebrew names. Um, I'm also very interested in what they mean. There's a book. Um, I have found invaluable regarding, regardless of whether it's fantasy or romance, whatever you're writing. And it's, um, it's especially good though for speculative because the names in this book are so odd. It's called the new age baby name book by Sue Browder. And it's got, it's got everything in here. It's just got all sorts of different names and the meanings and all different uh, ethnicities. It's really great. I love that book. So that's where I got a lot of my, my, a lot of my names. So as far as um, your characters go, do you like to cast them as far as like finding pictures to kind of go along uh, as an image um, as you're creating each character? Absolutely. Uh, 
Pinterest is my best friend. Uh, <laughs> it is a candy store for me because you get all sorts of inspiration, not just for characters, but for uh, landscape and all sorts of things. Uh, I, I before I'm actually really old, so that I remember what it was like before there was the internet, and I would look through magazines and that sort of thing, looking for pictures. But now with Pinterest, it's it's great. It's right there at your fingertips, and I have a I actually have a board, Pinterest board under uh, JM underscore Hackman, and it's got stuff about you know the first book, and I've got some stuff about the second book, but I don't think I've actually let it loose to the public yet. It's still still private, but when that book is released in October, I'll, you know, I'll release the board for everyone to look at as well. Oh, yes. I love Pinterest and um, it's a great tool for authors. And so I'm really glad to, I'll have to check yours out because I love looking at other authors' Pinterest just to see how like inspiration and things like that. So as far as like the writing process do you, and, and your books, do you proofread and edit all your books or do you have someone else do that for you? I proofread and edit as much as I can. Um, often what happens is after, after I'm done with the first draft, I'll go back and start revising, editing, you know, checking for missed commas and periods and even just uh, repeated words. But I also have an editor at my publishing house who's phenomenal. She's so good and catches all my mistakes. And I have, I will admit, I have thought about doing other projects and going indie with those, you know, becoming an indie author. And I think that if I did, I would definitely, definitely hire an editor because you just, after a while, you just, your eyes kind of become numb to everything that's there and it all looks the same and you won't, you won't catch everything. You just won't. So although I do proofread and edit, uh, my editor catches a lot of stuff I miss. Yeah. I know personally from uh, editing my own book, I think I went through it eight times and I still missed a bunch. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I I know how um, after a while you just, don't see the airs, you just see the words. Um, so as far as like other books go and other authors, uh, what other authors do you enjoy reading? Oh, that, that's so hard to pick. <laughs> to pick just a few. <laughs> um, I love Sarah Addison Allen. She writes kind of a magical realism, but she doesn't write fast enough. <laughs> She's only releases like one book a year. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of going, oh, I want more. Um, I also like uh, Melanie Dickerson. She writes great, uh, I would say it's young adult, uh, fantasy, fairy tale, retelling type things. And uh, I just recently was introduced to Neil Schusterman. He released the book Psyche this year. Um, that's S-C-Y-T-H-E. And that blew me away because it wasn't your typical love triangle or, you know, silly stuff. It was thought-provoking. And it was... Just it was a really really great book. Um, I also like Marissa Meyer's Lunar Lunar Chronicles, but they're done now. So <laughs> I just read through them and that was it. So you know that I I'm looking forward to anything else that she might release that's like that. So so uh, are there any books that have shaped the way that you currently write? Yes, I would say Madeline Langle's A Wrinkle in Time series. It was actually a quartet, I believe. There's more than just the one book. Um, there's, I think, three or four after it. And that was, I read that at a very influential time. I was like 12 or 13. And it just blew my opinion and vision of God wide open. And I had never read anything like it. I had never considered string theory or anything like that. And it was just 
it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I immediately went out and got everything I could that she'd written, which is quite a bit because she's written for adults, she's written poetry. Um, so I, I would say that that was probably her Wrinkle in Time series was probably the thing that I would say affected the way I write and the way I try to get my message across. So what books are you currently reading right now? Currently I'm reading uh, Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore by Robin Sloan. This is, hmm, I think it's kind of like magical realism or fantasy or just, I can't even really put my finger on (laughs) what kind of book it is. It's really different though, and I'm enjoying it about uh, two-thirds or a third of the way through it. And I'm also reading uh, an anthology that I was published in with 11 other, 12 other, 10 other authors. And it's Fellowship of Fantasies Anthology Mythical Doorways. And it's free on Amazon now. So if you want to download it, you can. And uh, it's also, I would say, speculative. There's a lot of just fantasy. And I don't know if there's any sci-fi in it, but maybe some legend type things. It's pretty good. So I'm reading that too. I'll have to check that out. So what would be your advice to other authors, um, maybe who write fantasy or futuristic in that genre? What would your advice be to them? I think my advice is more general to anybody writing, and that would be don't give up. I started writing, I'm going to go ahead and date myself here. I started writing in 1995. And I took a break for about five years to have kids. But all told, it's been about 15 years I've been writing. And I just got published last year so and I, and I keep thinking gosh what could I have done if I hadn't just you know slacked off what if I had really been focused on this and not just oh take a day because I don't you know take a day off because I didn't feel like it. what if I had actually kept going and really you know believed that it would happen because you know near the end there I started thinking this is never going to happen it's just it's not and things you know things fell into place and God opened doors and there you go but I guess I would say you know don't give up you know, be creative, you know, keep pushing forward, keep, keep doing it. Because if you have a story to tell, it, it, it'll happen. Well, thank you for that advice. I know there's a lot of people out there who will appreciate that and the encouragement. So if you could meet any author, alive or dead, who would that be? It's a toss up between C.S. Lewis and Madeline Langle. Madeline Langle for obvious reasons. C.S. Lewis, because he's just, he was so wise and just he seems like a really neat guy. I would just love to sit down, have a big cup of tea, and just talk about everything with him. Um, the best I can do is read his book. So, and uh, I know you just mentioned a cup of tea. So, <laughs> kind of going into that, do you prefer coffee or tea? I prefer tea. I've never learned to like coffee, much to my husband's dismay. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, you know, someone told me you'll never make it through college without liking coffee. Well, I came out the other side with a degree, so <laughs> and it didn't happen. So I'm, I'm a tea lover. Well, well, thank you so much for being on Till It Tea Time. And I will put all of your information uh, in the description for our listeners so they can find your books and your writing and uh, hopefully check you out. So thank you again uh, for being on the Till It Tea Time. Thank you so much, Alyssa. I'd just like to say thank you to J.M. Hackman for being on Till at Tea Time. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you'll go and check out her books. A few episodes ago, I talked about a book by Jen Toronto. I think that's how you say her name. (laughs) 
and it's called Out of the Ordinary. I just finished reading it and it was such a great book. It has humor and oh, I was laughing so hard. I almost fell out of bed. Did not sleep very well because I had to keep reading it. So I definitely recommend that book if you are just wanting a good and I'm sure you will enjoy it as much as I did. So one interesting thing this week I tried for the first time to go along with my tea is a little cookie called Hobnobs. I don't know if you've heard of them before. They were popular, I think, in Australia, but I just tried them for the first time and let me just say, oh my goodness, I will absolutely have to have either these or my digestives, which if you don't know what digestives are, they're like a like a cookie um, that goes great with tea. I highly recommend having some just as a nice little treat. I've heard that Target sometimes carries them, and I got mine at my local Kroger in the like European section. But there's just nothing like having a hobnob <laughs> along with a cup of nice Earl Grey tea. If you are on Instagram, you can go to my Instagram and you will see pictures of some of my teacups, my tea setup of what I kind of put together each day uh, when I come home from work. I personally enjoy drinking my tea out of a fancy teacup. So you can see some of my teacups. I don't have that many yet. <laughs> and you can see some of that on Instagram if you are on Instagram. I also post a few of them on Facebook. If you are an author, an artist, an actress, actor, anything in, that deals with creativity as a Christian and would like to be on the podcast, you can go to my website. That's www.alissatillett.com and you can click on the page that says Tillett Tea Time Podcast. I'll send me an email and I will send you an email with a as soon as I can. So if you are interested in doing that, go to my website and love to hear from you. This week on my author page, you'll see a survey of what kind of tea. So we will see which one wins. This week, it'll be between Earl Grey tea and green tea. So go on Facebook and vote for what one is your favorite, and I will announce the results next week. Next week, I will have Chloe Flanagan as a special guest on the podcast, and I hope you will tune in next Friday for Till It Tea Time. Thank you again for listening. If you could rate this on iTunes, if you're listening on iTunes, or even on SoundCloud, I'd love to hear from you. This is Alyssa with Till It Tea Time. Mm -hmm.